Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. It turns out honesty is the best policy, despite the fact that people don't believe it. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, honesty and happiness. In many social situations, there is a strong temptation to lie to someone because telling the truth in that moment would feel like an uncomfortable thing to do. And the question is, is that the right strategy? That is, does it actually make your social interactions better? Does it make you feel like you're getting along with people better if you actually lie? And there was a paper by Emma Levine and Taya Cohen. One of the studies that they did was they either gave them instructions explicitly to be as honest as possible in all of your social interactions over a period of time or another group that was encouraged to be as kind as possible. So they were given instructions, but they weren't really to be honest. And then a third group that was just told, pay attention to what you're doing when you interact. And then later they got people to rate how close they felt their interactions were in this period, how effective they were. And surprisingly, what they found was people felt like they had better interactions with people and felt closer to the people that they communicated with if they were honest. Is that true? <laughs> no, I'm just making that up, as, as always. They took another group of people and asked them to predict what would happen in these situations. And the people who were asked to predict actually thought that being honest would make things worse, when actually it makes things better. Honest is one condition, and the other one is being kind, as if the kind thing to do is to not tell people how terrible they really are. <laughs> when really, you know, I work with people who are learning to be teachers, and what's challenging for them, the ways of interacting just with peers and people in their social lives is unlike the role that they're going to play when they're a teacher. And their job is to help people learn which necessarily involves telling people things they don't want to hear all the time. Often, when students find it difficult to do that, their way out in their own thinking is, well, you know, I'm just too kind to do that. The real diagnosis is, no, you're just not courageous enough to tell somebody what they actually need to hear and what you know they need to hear. Like the kind thing to do would be not to tell somebody the truth when it is something that they do need to hear. Now, this isn't true in all circumstances, right? If I'm meeting my wife at a restaurant for dinner, she gets out of her car and I get out of my car and she says, how do you think I look in this dress? The only answer is, great, right? Because what's going to happen now? I'm going to say, well, actually, it's not very flattering. And she's going to sit through dinner with that in her head. Why would I do that? Right. But I think those kinds of things are an entirely different category than telling people things that would actually be ultimately beneficial for them to hear from you. If you think about the kinds of things you would be prone to lie about in these kinds of conversations, they tend to be one of two things. They tend to be either things that are unflattering about yourself, that you're afraid of the reaction it would create in someone else, or something that is unflattering about the other person that you know about that you don't want to share. And the fact is that when you share these kinds of things, particularly if you do it in a constructive way, it actually creates these opportunities for an increase in the intimacy of the relationship that you have. Because the willingness to talk about weaknesses requires a certain amount of trust. And part of the way that you demonstrate that trust 
is to talk about things that are true. And of course, another piece to that is to follow through on things that you say you've done. That is to actually be truthful, not just about information that you're stating in the moment, but also truthful about your intentions. Sure. There's an interesting essay that was written by a Princeton philosopher named Harry Frankfurt. And the title of his essay was on bullshit. Frankfurt's position is actually BS is worse than lying because to lie, you actually have to have enough respect for the truth to know what the truth is and then say the opposite. But BS, I don't know, you just say stuff. And maybe it's true, but maybe it's not. And it's a whole different category of human interaction that's different from lying. In one position, you're purposefully trying to deceive somebody about something that you know is the opposite of what you're saying. And in the other one, you just want to advantage yourself. So you just say something because you think, well, that would be good if that person thought that. And like I said, it might be true. But the fact that it might not be doesn't matter to you because right now it's advantageous to say that. I think it's important, though, to distinguish between lying and bullshit because there are people who say things that aren't true. But when they're saying them, they don't really know whether they're true or not. They just say them. It's certainly lazier, right? I mean, because yeah. because you don't even have to bother to learn. Right. I think one of the big elements of this that matters is there's a certain amount of expertise you have to have to know the truth. Yeah. When you speak from a position of knowledge, even if you're lying, at least you have a level of expertise that would enable you at some time in the future to speak expertly on this topic. And the problem with BS is you don't need to know, you don't care to know, <laughs> and if you get away with enough BS, you don't ever have to become expert. Right. All you have to do is to be glib enough to get people to listen and temporarily believe something. At least there's a prayer with the expert who lies that at some point they might actually provide some very valuable information yeah. because they actually know what they're talking about. They just happen to tell you something in that moment that was deceptive. When you have a trusted relationship with someone, one of the things that that allows you to do is to settle up your debts with them over a period of time. You give people time to do what they say they're going to do. You trust that if someone says they're going to do something, you don't need to be paying attention every moment because it'll happen. When someone lies to you, what that does is to weaken or narrow the time horizon over which you are willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. And if you don't trust them at all, then you have to settle up in the moment. And so part of the ethical lapse that goes along with lying is you are forcing yourself into a relationship in which everyone's got to verify what's going on right now, which is a real pain. Next week, we'll talk about exercise and sleep with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show or any of our archive shows at KUT.org and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our engineers are David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford. I'm Jack Anderson in for Rebecca McEnroy, and I co-produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas. 